hope you're having a good day in spite of all that's happening. My question for you today is, what do you value? What is something that you would be worth sacrificing for? I think we're all having to reevaluate what's important to us and what we value with the virus that's going on, this outbreak of the uncertainty of things, even from jobs to necessities that we need at home. What do you value? When I was eight years old, one day my mom took me to the store with her. My brother had spent the night with a friend, and so it was just me. So it was a mama-son outing, and she was going to one of my favorite stores. Not only did they sell good candy, but they also had a nice toy aisle. And so we were going down the toy aisle, and she told me that day, since my brother was off with friends, that I could pick one toy, but it had to be under $5. And so walked down that toy aisle, and there it was, this toy truck that I really wanted. And good news, it was only $3. And so she let me get it that day. We were about 10 miles away from home. And she said, look, don't open it until we get home because it had these little, these little twisty ties around it. And she said, I'm going to have to cut those or else she might break it. So don't open it until we get home. Problem was, I was eight years old and we had 10 miles to go. So she had her music cranked up. I'm in the back seat and I'm trying to get this little truck out. And so I yanked the little cab out. And sure enough, I broke the exhaust pipes on top of it. And she heard me crying and she turned her music down and said, did you do what I told you not to do? And I said, I did. But she said, I'll tell you what, when we get home, we're going to glue those things and we'll, we'll try to get it back. And so we got home and she put the super glue on the little exhaust pipes. She said, now you're going to have to wait about an hour for this to set before you can play with it. Problem was, I'm eight years old. And so I took it outside against her will. But she said, you know what? It's your toy. Go for it. Took it outside. We had a gravel driveway and I shoved a bunch of rocks in the back of the trailer and uh, snapped the door in half. So before I even had this truck for two hours, I'd done quite a bit of damage to it. But it was one of my favorite toys growing up. And I had it in my bedroom for a couple of years. But, you know, as you get older, all the toys in the room doesn't say cool as much anymore. So in my teenage years, I packed that truck and a few other things up into a box. And it went up into the attic. And about 10 years later, I'm a senior in high school. My dad takes a job in another state. But he's going to let me stay in that house uh, until I graduate. Then they were going to put it up on the market. So dad and mom and my sister took that job and they moved to Alabama. And I stayed right there in Texas in that house. The, the school year came and went. I graduated. About four months later, the house sells. And so all that's left in that house is what's in my bedroom at that time and a few pots and pans in the kitchen. That's it. So I get all that stuff, pack it up, clean up the house and take off. It's about a year and a half later when I remember that box of toys that dad told me he was going to leave in the attic. He said, don't forget that when we sell this house. Well, I forgot all about it. And a year and a half goes by. And so I decided to go out to the house and I'm knocking on the door. It looks empty. There's no furniture in there. No one comes to the door. There's no for sale sign in the yard. I don't know what's happened, but I'm not able to gain access to the house to go in and look in the attic to see if the box is still there. So I drive away pretty, pretty bummed about it. Fast forward about 25 years later, uh, my, my wife and two kids and I, we live in Alabama right here in Jacksonville, serving in Anniston at Parker Memorial. We go out to Texas. Since then, my parents had moved back to Dallas and they live about 15 miles from that place where I grew up. 
And so we're out there last 4th of July. We have a few days with my parents. And one day I wake up and say, look, let's drive out to where I grew up. I want to show you my old home place and some places where I used to hang out, my high school. So we drove out there past the high school. It looked so different. And then we drove out to that house where I grew up and where I stayed my senior year of high school. And I told them so many stories. I know I bored them to death, but I was just reliving the moment. And then I said, let's go down to Waxahachie. That's about 10 miles away uh, from where I grew up in that house. And so we drove down there and they had just finished up with a 4th of July parade around the town square. And as we walked around the town square in the little courthouse, there were a couple of antique shops. So we went into some of those and there was one in particular that we went into. And me and the kids went to the toy aisle while my wife was looking at furniture and all that. And we walked past this shelf. And sitting on this shelf in the vintage toy section was a truck that looked a lot like my truck. In fact, I went over to it and I I, I took it off the shelf and I began to hold this thing. And I told my kids the story. I said, I had a truck just like this. And in fact, the, the exhaust pipes are missing just like they were the day I broke them, the day we bought this thing. And I turned the thing around and I said, wow, the door is jammed. It, it, it won't come down. And the longer I held this truck, standing there with my kids, the more convinced I became that this was my toy. I mean, as I stared at it, it has rust on it. And I remember leaving it out in the rain several times and doing all kinds of things with this truck. And I took it in there to the cashier and I said, what can you tell me about this truck? And he had one thing to say. He said, I don't know anything about it, except it's been here a long time. But then he made a statement that I've never forgotten. He said, it's not really worth anything until the right person walks in and sees it. And that was me. He wanted $65 for this vintage truck, but I paid for it. My mom paid $3 for it the day that I got it. But $65 was no too Not a high price to pay for someone like me that saw value in it. I had a story with it. I believed 100% that this was my car. This was my truck. Only about 10 miles from the place I grew up with the story that happened and all the scars and the exhaust pipe, it's mine. I knew it was mine. And so I took that and bought that. And I've told the story about that to our youth here at Parker. And anytime someone walks into my office and they see that and they ask about it, I get a chance to share something. But I go beyond the story of this truck because the gospel is in this truck. You see, we, God created you and I, Adam and Eve, perfect, sinless. And he placed us in a perfect place called the Garden of Eden. But we turned our back on our creator and we sinned. I mean, and sin is like God's kryptonite. He cannot be in the presence of it. He cannot fellowship with it. But you know what? He valued us way too much to just turn his back on us. Apostle Paul says in Romans that God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinning, while we were broken, while we were scarred and rusted and bruised, all because of sin, Jesus, his only son, died for us. You know what that means? Jesus paid the price. God paid the ransom for us to buy us back with the blood of his own son. Why did he do that? Because you and me, in spite of our rebellion, 
we're still valuable. We're so valuable to God that he says, even before you took your first breath, I knew you. Before the foundations of the world were ever formed, I knew you. We are valuable to God, just like this was valuable to me. And $65, that's a lot more than the three and a half my mother paid for it that day. But you know what? I was willing to pay that, to redeem that back. But God paid the greatest price of all to buy you and I back because we're valuable. You know, there are some absolutes in life, and we're learning about that right now during this virus outbreak. But there are absolutes are things that are truth, no matter the person, no matter what the situation is, no matter the circumstance. An absolute is truth. Two plus two will always be four, no matter who you are, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation. But the greatest absolute of all is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because no matter who you are, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, Jesus died for you and he rose from the grave for you. Why? Because his father valued you and said, there's no price that I will not pay to have you back. So what is your value of you today? Maybe you've been living based on what someone's opinion of you is and it's been less than good. Or maybe you've bought into the devil's lie like so many of us have. The devil says we're worthless and that God doesn't care about us. That God's put us over here on the shelf somewhere and abandoned us. But that's not what the cross of Christ says. It says, I have given my all for you. Have you received that by faith? I was 25 years old. When I surrendered my heart to Christ, I didn't know a whole lot then, but I knew enough about that gospel absolute that I was a sinner. Didn't have to convince me of that. I knew the things that I had done wrong. But by faith, I began to believe that Jesus did love me and he did die for me and couldn't explain it, still can't explain it. But by faith, I believe Jesus rose from the grave and all that happened because God valued me. And by faith, on May 8th, 1995, I received that into my heart. And you know what? The closer I get to the Lord, the more I begin to understand just how much he does value not only me, but he values you. And I stand here today with the absolute assurance That if this virus was to get a hold of me and take me out or something else, that the moment I breathe my last on this earth, I would be in heaven all because of Jesus and all because of God's value for me. Have you received that? I'm going to just invite you right now to pray with me. Whoever you are, whether you've been in church all your life, you're on the roll somewhere, you've joined, you've been baptized a hundred times, or you're serving, or you've never been to church at all. Right now, I want to invite you to pray with me so that you can begin to step into not only the value that God has placed for you, but also his purpose. I'm going to pray just a simple prayer. And if you want to repeat after me, I would love for you to do that. And this is something similar to what I prayed on that day back in 1995. And it's simply this, Lord Jesus, I believe that I am a sinner. But Lord, by faith, I believe you value me based on what Jesus did on the cross. 
Lord, I can't explain it, but I believe by faith that Jesus rose from the grave. And Lord, I ask you to be Lord of my life. I confess, which means I come into agreement that I sin, that I have a nature to sin, but that you love me anyway. Today, Father, I ask you to save me. I believe who you are. I believe you're God's only son. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you prayed that with me, then according to what the Bible says, you are now born again. You are now redeemed. You have now stepped in to the value God has for you. And I want to encourage you to live a life of gratitude from this point on. That's why I worship. That's why sometimes my worship is kind of loud and kind of, I don't know, demonstrative because I know what life was like before I came to Jesus. And I know now what it is to have Christ in my heart, filling me full of his value and his purpose. I pray for you in the name of Jesus, no matter who you are, however you find this video, whether it's in the next hour or maybe 10 years from now, you discover this. Jesus loves you and his absolute gospel is still in place. As long as there's breath in your body, that invitation is for you. And I pray in the name of Jesus, you receive that by faith. God bless you.